Bro. You know, thank goodness we in Cali because it's hot. You know, I can just be outside. Oh, that's the worst. That's the worst. <laughs> when you gotta get when you gotta get up under the covers, dude, and you got your oh, neck God. and your chin covered and it's still chilly. You like yeah, chilling. It's one of them oh, type of look, man. I still say being sick as a kid was more fun than being sick as an adult. Yeah, it's not fun as an adult. Because <laughs> you like, man, I gotta rearrange shit I had going on. Yeah. Yeah, when you're a kid, dude, it was a day off from school. You know what I'm saying? You didn't have to go to school. Oh, yeah, you, got, you were at home. You got spoiled all day. Got some good food while you were at home playing a game. And when I was a shorty, you know, I'll age myself. When I was a shorty, you know, I had Nintendo, Sega, you know what I mean? And video you games. a good little evening. Just popping. Right, right. I'm just popping off. So, dude, watch me a little Yo! MTV Raps. And I call it a day. Eat you some yeah, snacks at the crib. Some cereal. Sure, come over, knock on the door. Man, you coming out? I'm straight. No, I'm straight. I'm straight. I'm I'll see y'all tomorrow. I'm good. <laughs> Lucky mm-hmm. Lucky Podcast. It's your guys, Sean Davis at SD2 Mics. This dude, the original Lucky Lefty himself, Malik Zaire at Overtime Malik. He's back off injured reserve. Man, don't get sick out there, y'all. Man. I don't know how you can stop it, but <laughs> dude, out there, let me tell you how you can get sick. Being a Chicago dude, moving around in LA, because people don't realize that the temp drops in LA quick time, especially coming off the ocean. Oh yeah. So like by time, like if you're going out, you go to dinner. It's like eighty. Mm-hmm. You know, you kick it, you come out nighttime. Now that bad fella's down to like maybe mid fifties. Yeah, high fifties, low sixties. And you feeling that? That, don't, that may not, that may not mean anything, but when it's coming off of the water, yeah, the different type of chili. And now you're like, what? You're chilling like in the same t-shirt for about two, three days, man. Can't you, don't even want to change clothes. Right. Right. And don't go somewhere where you dance where you're dancing and you sweat um, a little bit. Cause it's it just like man, it's crazy how you you it's opposite. So you get more warm, but you're in a cold place. Right, right. Whatever. So it's a lot to get to. We're really connecting this to yesterday's show. I went solo because Malik wasn't feeling well. So we're gonna bring back the topic of how Tommy Reese is going to develop this offense and will it look like the offense that he played in under Brian Kelly, or will that it be a far departure from what we saw him play in when he was the quarterback? And is there an advantage? This is a question I'll ask you, man. I can't wait to see when he's looking, because most people assume that the program wants Tyler Buckner to win the position. But when Ty, when they're out there, it's safe to say that Tommy Reese sees himself in Drew Pine. More than we knew that. Yeah, yeah knew more that. than he'll see himself in and Tyler. And Tyler. Like, is that an advantage? He said that last year. Yeah. Yeah. He said that last year. Facts, facts. facts. So with the questions at wide receiver, this is something else we'll get into with the questions at wide receiver. Even though Chancey Stuckey, according to Drew Pine, has made an immediate impact via film sessions with the wide receivers and they can see it in practices. The strength of your passing game is that tight end room. That tight end room has multiple guys that can get it done. It is neat. Pleasantly surprised with the progression of Mitchell Evans, who never even played tight end until Mm -hmm. he got, you know, like the end of his high school career going into Notre Dame. And then you have the youngsters that are going to be showing up in the fall. You have options. You got options. Eli Reardon was going to be part of that before he messed up his knee playing basketball. So the tight end room is probably a little bit more comfortable mm-hmm. as far as throwing to for guys that are going to be throwing inside the hashes more because of accuracy issues. Drew right. Pine and Tyler are probably going to get it done inside the hashes more, middle of the field, than the outside of the field. It, it, it just really lends yourself to ask how creative can Tommy be, especially how creative would he even want to be 
knowing that that running back room and that offensive line is, is the foundation. Yeah, I think he's got a lot of good options on his hands. The fact that he can close his eyes at night and be like, worst comes to worst, we can run the ball 40 times a game. I think that's definitely a possibility. Mm. And it takes off some pressure of him trying to be perfect for calling a game for two different guys. I do think it's an advantage that he has more of a connection and see himself more in Drew Pine. Yeah. It, for Drew Pine, because, you know, when it comes down to it, it always is a decision of who I just like better at the time. And if it came close to a decision, I think they would go with Drew. Like if they're even all camp and fall camp, I think they would pull the trigger on Drew. Really? Just because I, the 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 little advantage of Tommy of Tommy having that personal connection with Drew, and maybe not personal, like he hangs out with him or nothing, but the style of play is very similar. So I think Tommy can be more comfortable calling a game and going to third down options that he doesn't really know yet from Tyler. Yeah, you know, yeah. you wouldn't know enough, you know, especially going into Ohio State. So I do think they would edge for Drew if it if it was tied 50-50 all up into the first game. But I have faith that Tyler, over time, his talent and ability will show as, okay, we need him on the field. I think that's the best thing going for him is that we uh, – it's, it's, it's better for him because we don't know his potential yet, right? We don't know how high the ceiling can go. So if he continues to develop that over camp, we know Drew's ceiling, right? We know how far Drew can go and what it looks like. We don't know with Tyler. So with not knowing, I think he has a huge gap to close on what he can bring out and what he can add to the offense, which I think through time, Tommy will feel more comfortable when he starts making more plays. Yeah, I, I can see that. And with the offensive line that they have, I do see a lot of the two tight end sets being more prevalent, especially early in the season. Uh, they have Ohio State, but then it's Marshall, Cal, and then a trip down to North Carolina. So if you're going to get that offensive line established, the first month is like right there for you yeah. to do that and then develop the offense and open it up as things go on, which is all, man, it's really good to be going into October, November, hitting your stride offensively. Like that's yeah. always a good thing. You don't want to come out the box and then sputter and you're trying to figure out, okay, what are we going to do next? Uh, I, I don't see that. We talked about the percentage of run versus pass being heavy run this year for multiple reasons like first time starter doesn't matter who wins the job it's a first time starter and secondly the offensive line with Harry he's saying is one of your strengths and then just the talent you have in the running back room is like you just have to you have to give them the ball got to you have to and it's only one football and it's 60 70 plays a game you know your running back's got to touch it 50% of the time? Yeah. Maybe even 60-40 early on. Just to, you know, heavy run play action, I think that will be good for getting Tyler warmed up. I think that's Drew's game Yeah, is is heavy run play action. And then if you need a, a spread here or there, he can do that too. But I don't think – where I think Tyler can win at is that he can take shots down the field consistently. I think Drew's going to give you those 10-play drives, eight-play drives, you know, 12 plays where he's just nickel and diamond down the field, which I do think that's could be much needed. But, you know, some of these teams that we're playing, Ohio State, we got to score some points fast. Yeah, And that's where Tyler, I think, can come in, pushing the ball downfield, make some, make some big explosive runs. But you got to find what he's really, really good at because you don't want him to – Ohio State's a place where you can ruin your confidence real early in the season. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? I am I'm interested in seeing the creativity. Like 22 personnel, 11 personnel is something we'll see a lot of. The 22 personnel, like 22 personnel, like, yeah. I mean, if you really believe 
Chris Tyree can take that next step and do what Kyron Williams has done, which is go into the slot and be effective in the passing game, then, yeah, you can have 22 personnel. You can put an object estimate back there and then move Chris Tyree into the slot and, you know, make it do what it do. Because like you said, it don't matter, man. They handing the ball off anyway. (laughs) (laughs) I like the fact that at least Drew is like, I'm comfortable with that role and I'm not going to go beyond what you asked me to do. Which, if you stay in the parameters, con- considering the type of team we have and the talent, you can win nine games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't think Drew wouldn't win for us. But is Drew beating the Bamas, Ohio State's Georgias of the world? I don't know. Yeah. So, you know, 11 personnel is probably what you're going to see the majority of the time, right? 11 personnel or 12 personnel from Tommy Reese especially knowing that if Tyler does get the job, that's the extra running back you have in the backfield. And Tyler, the one thing I want him to understand is that, bro, you got an offensive line and running backs. Like, be the the surprise in the running game. Yeah. Be the oh, snap for the defense. Yeah. Like, that's how you really – maximize your ability with your legs be the old snap for the defense like let your running game establish itself early in the game and be committed to it yes because we wasn't committed to it in the fiesta bowl so that makes with the running backs kind of trying to get a feel throughout the game not early on it was throughout the game they trying to get a feel i don't think that moving forward Tommy's going to shy away from the run as much as he did just because those guys are older. Yeah. And we're going to depend on those guys a lot moving the season. I right, man, did the, make sure you didn't say anything because I don't think you said it. Uh, Paul taps in. There's no way this is a 50-50 quarterback timeshare. Why do you keep people keep sleeping on TV? Did you say they want to share time? 50-50? I was saying that. <laughs> I didn't think. It. I, I think if they – can't decide by the start of fall camp. You got to have to find a way to just use both of them. Like we said, Tyler's good at pushing the ball downfield, making some runaround plays. Drew's going nickel and dime you the whole time, which are two different ways to look at it. But I don't think it should be 50-50, but you never know, man. We're a, a great place to experiment and do stuff like that. Man, this season is one of the best. Look, like I said, clean slate for Tommy no longer under the thumb of one Brian Kelly. He wants, we all know where he ultimately wants to be in his coaching career. And the best way to get there is to show innovation and an offense. That's the, that's the best way to show that you can step it up from where Brian Kelly left off at Notre Dame. Right. That's how you get noticed by the NFL. That's it. You know, when you're not winning championships, when that's the expectation, I mean, you kind of set yourself up for that. They're not going to show you the love that you feel like the winningest head coach of all time deserves. And the two biggest and brightest names offensively, Shanahan and McVay in the NFL, like don't get it twisted. They love to run the ball. Especially like, playoffs. Yes, they love to run the ball. So even though Tommy Reese finds a quarterback, gets Tyler – we keep telling people, like, yo, I promise you he's looking at that offensive line in that running back room saying, you know what? We're going to run this rock. That's that's first and foremost. We're going to establish in the month of September and put on film, oh, snap, Notre Dame is running that rock. They're running that, that rock. That would be great because if we can make other teams feel us on the run, yes, less attention on the quarterback, more attention on the defense, yeah, And it just comes down to just making the one or two possessions that can put us up and we can stay ahead in the game. Yeah, they have to. And now you go into October, things aren't on film. You can open up the play-action game, get tricky with jet sweeps, quick passes, quick screens, other things. There you go. I thought, look, you. Could, I know you have joked about 
everything you saw. Every time I watch that bowl game, I come away saying, okay, Tommy, I see that you can dictate a little bit with your offenses. I'm I'm seeing it. Like right. first half, I see what you were doing. I see Yeah, we saw it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And if you actually an offensive watching line, it though, I didn't like, think that we had the players to get that done though. Mm. I did like what he was doing, and we talked about it first half. I said he was looking like the Chiefs. We were all over the field. Yeah. But the guys that do it four quarters that haven't done it like that before, I thought that was an uphill challenge. See, man, you get out to that lead like that. Like, Tommy's first half was phenomenal. Game plan leading up to the game and then the adjustments, what to expect from Ohio, uh, from Oklahoma State, and had the immediate answer, had already talked about it leading up to the game. Like, if they do this, this is what we're going to do to counter. That second half, that's when you need that offensive line to go and pound. Yeah. Like, dude, all right, we got the lead. We've opened it up. We've thrown it around. Now we're just going to run it down your throat. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Lucky Lucky Podcast. Go ahead, bro. Yeah, we're, we're, I'm expecting something of that manner going into next season because we have the ability to do that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And by no means, we're not saying that you know, we're talking about how the offense is going to look. I think the offense at the core looks the same no matter who, what quarterback starts because the running game is going to be the feature of this offense. And it should be. We got on dang good running backs. Yeah, so that might be a little – extra package here or there if Tyler is the, is the guy and you expect that because he can use his legs a little bit more yeah we'll definitely see a lot of two back sets maybe in the shotgun putting Tyler in that triple option type of read mm-hmm. uh, give him stuff to be fancy with some magician work with the football just in the run game because he is a threat as a runner and teams know that as well so that's going to put a lot of stress on those ends especially against these good teams is slowing down a little bit and then we'll see where it goes from there. But what would complete Tyler's game is being able to do that and then transition into hitting those important red zone throws or important third downs and not turn the ball over. Yeah. So it should be interesting. Well, we both agree that you should have an idea who the guy is coming out of this spring that we both agree on that. Like let's not play around. Be fair to whomever the guy is. Let him know, hey, you're the guy going into fall camp, and then let's establish the identity of the offense in the fall camp behind that guy. I don't care who it is. And I'm happy that Tyler Buckner is not being given the job and has to actually fight for it. Well, in a perfect world, you would rather him be given the job because – what I mean, you're on the same team. What do you? What, I don't think that is productive to have your quarterback stressed out. Is he really stressed out though? I mean, maybe not stressed. That's a bad word for it, but a little pissed off. I mean, he's like, man, you know, this is my opportunity. I was the number two guy from last year. I'm supposed to take that next step, and now I got to figure out. I'm in another competition. I just don't think a lot of other schools do it that way. And a lot of them have more success just because of a continuity and a trust factor that it is between the quarterback and the coach staff. It's hard to get a trusted factor when you're always competing. It's like, damn, do y'all want me or not? Right. That's a good point. That's a good point. Lucky left the podcast. Let's go over to the defense. Al Golden, as told to us by Marcus Freeman when he met with the media. Um, matter of fact, for those of you that might not have watched that show, this is what Marcus Freeman had to say about Al Golden and what he was bringing, the nuance he was bringing to the defense in spring ball. He's kept some of the things um, that we did last year, but he's also in hand, he's brought a lot of different uh, situational defensive tools and I think that's what you look in the NFL is they focus a lot on the situational uh, 
parts of the game. And, and so what you've seen him today, we had a big red zone day and uh, we were doing some different things um, that we haven't done in the past in the red zone. And I think our guys are really, really embracing it. They still understand the things we did last year and how that's a part of our defensive scheme now. But I think they're embracing the enhancement of it. And so uh, it was they did a good job today. Looked really good. The nuance of it. That's what he brings. He brings that, you know, the NFL is very nuanced to like down and distance, knowing what teams want to do, red zone. This is how we're going to attack this team. This is how we're going to keep them the field goals, not allow them in the end zone. To have that type of mindset and teaching going into the spring for this defense can only make them better situationally, especially in big games. Yeah, I think one of the moments, one of the things that's been our biggest problem as a as a team, especially in these big games, are closing in those special moments of the game where there's one or two things that happen that if we're on the good side of it, we can win in style, we can take the next step. Yeah. But we've been bad in the big moments, and with Marcus having that in the back of his mind, practicing those big moments, quote-unquote, in scenarios, it's only going to translate to the field, which we which is much needed. So I looked at some film and I tried to be sneaky, man. I tried to be sneaky. So Blake Fisher posted a picture of himself at practice. And I was looking at, he was lined up across from Ekwanu, who's a red shirt junior. And I'm asking myself, like, okay, man, is that Guanu really stepping up, getting some reps with the first group, an outside linebacker or a rover? Like, man, that would be huge. Then I looked over to the left cornerback that was playing bump and run, and I saw the number one on the back of his jersey. And I'm like, no. Hey, man, who's who's number one? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, yo, who's number one? And I'm like, Man, I don't see a number one on the mm -hmm. roster. So then I was like, okay, maybe somebody with the number one, you know, and the, and the only person I could find was that played defense was you got Ramon Henderson. I'm like, man, they wouldn't have Ramon Henderson playing man to man bump and run like that, right? Coming down from no. safety. Then I'm like, maybe he, like, I'm like, okay, maybe they split Michael Mayer out and he had to come out and play him man to right. man. Right. You know, I'm me and Snoopy over here, dude. <laughs> Inspect the gadget, <laughs> looking at a picture like and okay, trying to decipher it. Yeah, like who's getting reps? You cracking the code for sure. But I can't I can't wait, man. I, I leave out tomorrow. I can't wait to be down there for uh the pro day on Friday. Former Notre Dame linebacker Jonathan Jones, who went and had a great senior year at Toledo, has been invited back and he's gonna partake in the pro day at Notre Dame. Uh, it's been, uh, an, we were going to announce this because you you hit hit me up and let this know this was coming last week. The official announcement is coming March 29th for Dante Moore. It's official. Um, <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm really excited because now we can seal the class that's going to take us to the next level. You got the quarterback you wanted. You're going to get the receivers and the talent attracted to it. You're going to pick up some recruits you may not even know. Well, yeah, we know he'll announce his commitment on the 29th, man, and we'll see. Right. We'll see where he goes, man. I think that, you know, it's going to be Michigan, Michigan State, Miami. And, but isn't uh, he coming up to campus around that time, too? See, that's that 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 may be so. That may he'll, be so. He'll be around. I mean, he don't live far. So you, you he might be on to something. He might be on to something. He might be on to something. I can smell the rings coming. I can smell the rings coming. I don't know, man. This is this is all something that's rumored. Yes, yeah. it might have been Jaden Mickey as well, number twenty-one. Thank you for that, yo. You know we got we like we love to have fun, man. We keep it light. We keep it light. We think we do believe that uh, 
an announcement is coming real soon. It's coming real soon. So three, four days. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Look at you. Fingers crossed, man. I think we got all the right stuff, man. Tommy's Fingers been putting crossed. in work long enough. And if we don't, it just shows that recruiting really, really hard, man. Man. Just when you think you got them. Yo. Yeah. Oh, boy. I, and let me say, nothing has been put out by a publication. That's just us being bloodhounds and saying, yo, we think officially it's going to be March 29th. That, and if it doesn't happen, it doesn't change that we still think he's coming to Notre Dame. We've been saying that since. Since last year. Since last year, so. Shout out to you for getting the scoop last year and developing a relationship with him and his dad. Yeah. So most definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, this is funny. See, this stuff like this that makes me laugh. Like I've heard it's probably and he's like being sarcastic. I've heard Dante is a strong Bamaline. Indy is too far. <laughs> See, is, that's not a bad guess just because it's Bama. You know? I, no, Collins being I think Collins being facetious. <laughs> I think I think he's being facetious. But it's crazy I, how Bama and Georgia end up in everybody's final three. <laughs> See the Irish Texas State. What was that? The movie Necessary Roughness? Yeah. <laughs> Texas State. Oh dude. Hey man, look, y'all can stop. Look, man, this is this is this is this is the hypocrisy. If you have visits to take, even if you had given a commitment to somebody, you would take them. Take them. Like what? They're yours. It's like time out. You don't time get them. Out. You don't get them again. Take them. Like you got a visit. Oh, you want to come down to South Beach? Nah, man, I'm committed. Man, whatever. <laughs> Yeah, whatever. whatever. I'm taking the trip. I'm taking that trip because they're gonna go hard and try to get me to flip, especially, especially if it's an official official, yeah. like a real oh, official trip. Oh, oh. Man. bro, bro, I have to get it's a true story. So, you know, <laughs> I have to get our guy Jared Payton back on the show because you know, he came on the show, he talked about how he had committed to Notre Dame before and what eventually led him to going to the University of Miami. He has one of the classic official visit stories. He was Adrian Peterson's host on his visit to Miami. AP's host. He was his host, and he lost him, bro. This, this story, I dude, I got to let him tell it, and he lost him. He, he lost him. <laughs> Imagine Adrian Peterson, you being responsible for Adrian Peterson on he his visit and you lose him. <laughs> Dude, this is like one of the greatest stories of all time. I have okay. to get him back on to tell this story. Adrian Peterson, really? He, he Adrian Peterson. <laughs> and that probably changed the way that he even, he was probably going to go to Miami if it wasn't for that. Yo, bro, I told him, I said, dude, they were about to kick you off the, out of the program, bro. Yeah, like, easily. If something terrible had happened, yeah. Because it's like, how do you lose that recruit? Because you, how? It's Adrian Peterson. Yeah. Legit. Yeah. Yeah. So, guys, we're throwing, we're teasing, okay? Don't take us super serious. Don't go to other programs like they said. This is happening. Like, dude, Look, relax. Just being a little facetious. Man, girl, yeah, dude. And the reason we've been doing that is because people have been throwing darts and shots. And I'm still not reporting that Tommy Reese is in Miami. I'm still not going to do it. No. I'm just going to let people throw shots. I, I won't do that, though. That's one thing I won't do. I'll leave that alone. Yeah. So, what do you think, man? The cheetah. 
Goes to Miami, bro. I think it sucks for Patrick Mahomes just because that Tyreek is such a staple for Patrick to play his game the way he plays it because that's a good bailout safe when you get too crazy, just find Tyreek Hill, you know? Yeah. But it is interesting that he chose the money over the wins. I don't think that the Dolphins are going to win as much like the Chiefs are. Mm-hmm. And you're still in the same division where the AFC is tough. You yeah. know, the AFC is tough. So I really think, uh, dang, I really think it's great for him. I mean, the Dolphins roster is crazy. Do they still have Will? If they still have Will, that'd be crazy. But no, Will is Will is trying to get to Cleveland. I think he's a free agent. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not. Let me double check. But I think I saw a story where he was trying to get to. He was trying to get. Yeah, back he to should get to Cleveland. Deshaun's yeah. his guy. But uh, their roster and especially their offensive starters are ridiculous. They got Moser, they got Tyreek, they got Jalen Waddle. Get uh, Gesecki or oh, and Durham, Durham's still down there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> so we'll kind of one year deal, one year we'll deal, kind of one year deal with the Dolphins. And so now you're looking at it like, okay, all the pieces are there. Is Tua being is Tua can be the Alabama Tua mm-hmm. with a with a roster like that? But then again, it's like, is Tua the answer? You know, so I think Tyreek did the best decision for him. I mean, Miami's way better than Kansas City from a living standpoint. Yeah. So what would you do? Would you take the money and run, or would you stay with the wins at? Because I guess they was already paying them. They they just wouldn't extend it. Um, Look, man, let me just lay this out. Because <laughs> the Chiefs got five draft picks for Tyreek Hill. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> this is a choice of belief for them. Now, the messed up thing for the Chiefs is that they never saw this coming. Drew no. Hill- Drew Rosenhaus is his representation, and Drew Rosenhaus is doing his job because as soon as Drew Rosenhaus saw Devontae Adams' contract, he immediately went and told Tyreek, hey, you're the best wide receiver in the league. Look at your numbers. Not realizing that his numbers are connected to the best quarterback in the league. 100%. Hey, try, getting those, try getting those same numbers with Tua. Try. It try won't. It won't. And and he'll he'll have a lot of touches. Some of those plays aren't going to be replicated by. It's not about to be as easy. I'll give you a perfect example. The long touchdown he had against Buffalo in the fourth quarter where they took the lead when he ran the uh, dig, the in route, right? Tua's not putting that on the money with that same zip. He doesn't have that. It's not happening. So he's going to look up in the fourth quarter and he's going to have somebody beat by about five yards. And when the ball is not laid out there, he's going to be like, yo. Exactly. Cause Deshaun like to throw that thing deep now. Yeah, he does. Houston Deshaun, he's going to, he's going to put the right people in there Two is not throwing that thing deep. So two is, you know, it's going to fit right into what Kyle Shanahan's offense is with the new offense quarter. They got, that West Coast system. Now, I don't think Tyree is a West Coast guy just because mm. the type of quarterback that he had, it was just like, man, you can't – some of that stuff they was drawing in the sand. Like Tyree's the type of dude where you have to have the quarterback that can make those throws to maximize what he does. Yeah. So he's going to be the same Tyree, but is he going to have the connection to be the same Tyree? That's the question we're looking for. Man, look. We'll see. It'll be interesting. They got five picks. They got a first this year, second this year. I think they got a fourth, and then next year they got two more picks. They were like mid-round picks. Dude, look, 
They got now they have two seconds and a and two first round picks. That's right? some crazy trade value. Crazy trade value, dude. Crazy. No. Crazy. Look, now let, me tell you that up. let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. I'll step out on the limb. I'll step uh, out on the limb. Okay. Is everybody everybody that's... About, everybody's talking about Tariq Hill. Right? Everybody's okay. talking about Tariq Hill. And rightfully so. Rightfully so. Let Patrick Mahomes get his hands on Chris Olave. Let it happen. Uh, Let it happen. Chris Olave. Dude, I don't you you could take matter of fact. Chris Olave is little you know, though. You know what be super he's bigger than Chris, he's bigger than Tariq Hill. Now nah, Tariq Hill got explosive athleticism. Dude, my point is give Patrick Mahomes a halfway decent. Yeah, give him a halfway decent guy. Give him a halfway decent wide receiver and watch him elevate his game. That's well, we'll point. actually see if he's earning his money now because he now, didn't you know, have what, you know You know what would be crazy? What? Just stand pat and use one of the seconds to stash Jamison Williams. I think Jamison Williams would fit in there. They just let go of Demarcus Robinson. Yeah, they did. They did. I think that they'll have they won't have the same impact. Just the Patrick Mahomes Tyreek Hill connection too crazy for the league and then Kelsey would fit in on that. Yeah. Now you got Juju. Eh, he wasn't never a number one. Well, he doesn't have to be. He doesn't have to be. And I tell people this all the time. You remember when people used to say you know, like Tom Brady wins. He does. He wins with nobody. He doesn't have any receivers. All he has is Julian Julian Edelman. For Sep, dude, for ten straight years, he walked on the field with the biggest mismatch in all of the NFL. Like there was nobody else versus everybody. Every week, every week, he had the biggest mismatch in all of all of the NFL. But you want to talk about he had nobody to throw to. For 10 years, he walked on the field with the biggest mismatch that no defense could stop. None. And that's why the choice to move Tyreek Hill, specifically because we're not a dude. Look, we wish we could pay you Devontae Adams money. We just gave you an upgrade. A few yeah, we just ago. gave you some cash. We just gave you some more cheddar. We're not doing this again. If you feel like you want to go, go. Because the, the difference is Patrick's contract is kicking in. Yeah, Patrick got that fifty million a year moving forward. That's a lot and of money. His contract is kicking in, and we choose him over you. Sorry, sorry, it ain't sorry. even nothing. Of, yeah. So now we trust. And you coming at us just talking about just because you saw somebody else doing it, so right. it wasn't even like a genuine, a genuine thing, right? Yeah, it was. Like, I just want some more money. Like you do. We can argue that Devontae Adams is a better all-around receiver. Yeah, he deserves to have more money than you. Like, yeah, we can argue that. So you count another man's pocket, and now you now people pockets will always end up sure. in trouble. It will always get you in trouble. So, look, a lot of people have a lot of different takes. At the end of the day, especially coming off of core injuries that are reoccurring over two seasons, for a guy that needs that explosion that explosiveness to be effective. Yeah. We're not giving you any more money. We'll move off of you. I and mean, if we can get five picks, five draft picks for you, they're not giving up, dude. NFL teams aren't giving up first-round picks for receivers. They're no. not. And they got a first and a second in this year's draft. This year's but you, draft. But that's the thing. You're going to take that, though. If you're the Kansas City Chiefs, even if it is Tyreek Hill, because you can, with all them draft picks, man, ain't no way you're missing on all of them, dude. Because there's so many. You may miss on one or two, but you're not missing on five pack on five picks. Yeah, on top of what you got. So, are you going to draft something that's better than Tyreek? No, but the collection of five players can make your team better, dude. I know one thing. They got a dude in the middle of the field that's hard to defend in 87. Yeah, hard 87. to defend. As long as that offensive line is better, now the money that Tyreek wanted, go get you a couple of defensive players. 
because you can go young at the wide receiver position and let your wide receivers be on these rookie contracts and let your quarterback elevate them. You keep Travis Kelsey. Now you upgrade that defense. Go spend that money on that defense. Go spend that money on that defense. That's what you need to do. Spend that money on that defense. Because Tyron Matthews done, right? Yeah, I don't know if he's going back. Uh, He's still looking for a team. But but NBA the NFL free agency has been crazy. Just the NFL, period, man. It's like a daily soap opera. It's a daily soap opera. It's bananas. I want you to check this out, though. The question is, should college football teams, with the way NIL going and recruiting is going, should they have a separate a separate recruit? on their staff for the parents <laughs> the way the nil is going right let the coaches recruit the kids and then you have somebody else on staff whose sole purpose is to make a connection with the parents now i want you to listen to head coach shout out to the notre name women niall ivy for making it to the sweet 16. listen to coach mike bray recently talking about how parents have called him caused him to literally walk away from recruits this is very interesting there is no question that we evaluate parents with the prospects as much as we evaluate the prospect Um, i think it's fair to say that maybe we backed off offering a scholarship because i wasn't sure that 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 i could communicate with the right way the parent um, when the young man was here um you know, it's such a big, big part of the equation. Uh, so, yes, I'll, I watch family reaction in the stands when I'm a recruiting, um, and certainly I talk to the parents a lot in the process just as much as I do the prospect because I want to get their vibe because when we're in here and they're here with us, I mean, then you need them in with both feet and supportive and supportive through tough times. Young man's not playing much as a freshman. It's going to be hard. I think you have to talk about that uh, all on the front end. Um, I've had, for the most part, some great parents. And some of my best parents have been, been parents that played the game in college and understood, coach, here he is, coach him, get on his backside when you need to, pump him up. If you have any problems with him, you let me know. There's a, there's a lot of good in that theme. I don't know if we have as much of it from parents these days as we need, but can a parent, when you make this decision, give the young man over to the coach and the teachers and be supportive? It really makes it easy on the kid as far as being confident, trusting the teacher, trusting the coach, not having second thoughts. How do you talk to him after a game? Maybe he didn't play, maybe he didn't play well, maybe he didn't play as much as he thought. That is a big part of the young person's progression. And, and again, I was a parent of two children who were athletes, and I always tried to practice what I preached. He's the coach. He's all yours. Be supportive. If, the, if my son came and wanted to talk about it, let's talk about it. Um, we're not going to talk about Okay. Look, I know it's basketball is a little bit different, but I just thought parents, look, man, you're recruiting a kid and you're talking about fit. You've been on the phone with them talking about how you view him in the offense or how you view him in the defense. And then he comes on his visit and here comes his dad or his mom like, yo, what's that NIL hitting on, though? What's wrong with that? My thing is. Guys like that just don't want confrontation with parents who are going to be involved with their kids, good, bad, or indifferent, or in the total aspect. You know, don't don't be afraid of the, the parent because, uh, truthfully, you're not dealing with the parent enough once you get the kid to commit to even be noticing, oh, well, you know, I, I don't like the kid because of the parent. Now, there's a lot of kids that are not like their parents. <laughs> And it's funny because a lot of parents that are like so involved with, oh, we want some money here. We try to think the kids aren't like that. Yeah. Yeah. 
it's usually coming from the parent. It's really not the kid, which is yeah. like you hurting the kid is the parent just being greedy. Because most of these parents don't know anything about college recruiting. No. So obviously, obviously they're hearing all these numbers flying around. They're going to think higher they kid. They're like, okay, so I'm, this is 100000 if we on the Notre Dame, you know? Yeah, yeah. So don't, so don't try to throw it off as like that's a that's a way to tell a good kid or not. Like, yeah, you get some – you get some vibes from the parents, but I don't think I think he just—he's saying, "Look, for the long haul, I would much rather not deal with that headache." Over yeah, that's all. That's it. I don't want the confrontation. Yeah, not that. Not that. That's the making your determining your team being better or not. You know, I don't want people to say that strategy is the way he's winning games. No, I think the strategy is more of a preference. That you know, it's like. <laughs> Do you want to deal with the public school parents or you want to deal with the charter school parents? Yeah. Yeah. That's it. You there's a lot of talent in both schools, but you're gonna run up against some tough stuff at the public school with parents. It's so the funny because is. you have it both ways, right? And I'm gonna bookmark this because it was something I heard from a couple of Alabama players recently in interviews that will probably shock a lot of people. But with the NIL, it's everything within these programs is going to need to develop on the fly. And, you know, there are parents that are going to need more information about NIL and to have an NIL specific person on staff to be able to directly handle those particular questions would be beneficial. It's almost like having a capologist for, like the GM doesn't worry about the cap. Yeah. Like most professional teams have somewhat one who specifically knows the ins and outs and the rules of how to circumvent the cap and make it work for you as a team so that the GM can make the decisions he needs to make. And eventually, there needs to be an NILologist on staff at these programs to be able to sit down with the parents and say, yo, this is the deal. This is what was going on here at Notre Dame or whatever university. Like, it has to take place. Like, it man, will be. That's, that would be a dope job to start preparing for. Like, if, <laughs> you know, if I'm 23. NIL uh, program directors. Right. Because that type of opening is more than likely coming. It's more than likely coming, man. So... And you know what's crazy is the fact that, like, that's the evolution of the game. You yeah. know, these kids are finding the value within their own brands and stuff. Yeah. And parents being so more generally naive to it, mm-hmm. you know, this is this is like hitting the jackpot in a lot of cases. Yeah. So it's hard. Like you said, the education program definitely needs to take place on what a healthy NIL relationship looks like. Yeah. Not the ones that you running and gunning because that's the hot thing. But plus, you still got to think not everybody's nil worthy. Yeah, I just saw the the top ten high school players that are nil worthy, and some of them ain't even you know. So one of them's eighth grader, a lot of them a quarterback. So yeah. it's not like it's just money flowing all over the place. Yeah. So look, the real talk. I want the commitment or the announcement to take place on my birthday. I've been very open about that. I think coming out at halftime of the blue and gold game would be super dope. Oh, you're, 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 uh... I think that would be super dope. I know I see Will Chester. Are you trying to, are you trying to set something up here? Are you trying to set a scene up? Uh, I'm just saying. Are you setting the scene up right now or what? Legacy players. From former past championship teams coming back in the whole weekend, yeah. and Lou Holtz and Marcus Freeman and the Blue and Gold practice and game and halftime, you know, just walk the nice little Afro kid from the Detroit area out of the tunnel and give him the microphone on the ND logo at fifty at the fifty yard line and let him. Oh, do all of that, all of that, yeah. Man. Let him do what he does. Yeah, if he do that, it's up. It's up. Do that, it's, it's up. up. It's up. We in that bad fella doing 
Yeah, that battle, yeah, going crazy. Because we can see the wins written everybody on the wall. Gonna hit the gritty. Like everybody. Yeah, yeah. Even coach, even coach gonna hit the gritty out there. He's like, Yeah, we got us one. Everybody's gonna hit the gritty. Because he's been knocking out the park defensively. Yo, this and then get a Carnell Tate addition to that. Yeah, it's like detailing the car. It's like you get the whip, then you put the rims on it. For sure. For sure. Ooh, we rolling in the oh. 2023 D. So it like dude. Yeah, it's about that time, man, because the fan base is getting antsy, bro. Like, yeah. I, I see my people in the chat every day. We do the show and social media. Like, they're getting antsy. They're getting, that dude, they're getting antsy. And we so, only get antsy because you know it, it, it feels right. True. That's why we get antsy because we know we got a really good chance. Yeah. He really likes us. You know, he's trusted yeah. process. He's seen the ins and outs of what we've been doing. And yeah. I think Tommy getting the attraction he's got through the offseason and having all these potential landing places for him has attracted Dante. Okay, this guy must know something. Yeah. So. Yeah. So it's going to be, man, we'll do. We've heard it had been rumored before, and I will say this because I think Irish Breakdown, Brian Driscoll had a post about this on the message board that it had been rumored that he was coming back to Notre Dame on the 28th or the 29th. And that hasn't been made official. So the 29th has been floated out there before. Um, I've seen reports for April the 1st. Anything that says In the near future. Yeah, anything on April the 1st, I would take with a grain of salt. I'm not falling for the April Fool's thing. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. That's so definitely I, the setup for it. Like every look, we're like everyone else. We're waiting, patiently waiting, and we're letting these kids do their thing on social media. And like we said, like I said yesterday, don't let them play you like puppets. <laughs> Just let them do that thing on social media. Because yeah, if, if you do too much, yeah, scare them away now. Yeah, just stay calm and like, yeah, don't do too much. Just be confident. Trust Tommy and the guys in the office, you know. That's all. That's all. That's all. all right, man. We ain't going to let you down. We're taking bets. We see our guy. um, We see our guy said March 29th. Will, I'm going to throw. I'm throwing April 23rd out there. I'm throwing April 23rd out there. Okay. And we're throwing it in the pool. We don't know what the gift is. We don't know. We don't know. We just saying. That's it. I like 23. It's the. Sean's birthday. I mean, we got a lot of jam-packed action. Yeah. So, you guys, what, what what date are you grabbing in the pool for the Dante Moore commitment? Because we call it a commitment date. We ain't calling decision right. time. We, we call it commitment date. The commitment date. Man, and hopefully he picks Notre Dame, man. Hopefully he picks Notre Dame. April 23rd. That's what's up. That's what's up. See? See? Now we're getting, getting, we getting wheels turning because it makes sense. Jay says, Jay says a long way. Jay said April 23rd, along with five other guys. Colin Park says, give me Wednesday, March 23rd, like right now. Yeah, like right now. No, I'm with it. <laughs> I'm telling you, we can, we can sign our own ticket now. The anticipation is killing people, man. And I know, yeah. and we're trying to hold everybody together. Because when's the last time we've been this excited for a quarterback? Not like the linebackers and stuff, but a, a quarterback. Yeah. You know, we wasn't doing this for Angeli. Yeah, yeah. Not I that totally Angeli isn't, you know, worth it or nothing, but. I totally get it. You know what time it is. Petticoat. 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 It's time to get petty. Oh, we did a good job executing. Are you upset with something? And fire up the Petticoat Junction train. I just don't like you. You don't? No. What is today's petty story? Petty Junction. Are you upset with something? No, I just don't like you. Teddy <laughs> right. uh, Junction, Teddy's stories of the day. 
Featured brought to you by Nora Whiskey at NoraWhiskey.com. It's that premium American whiskey or NoraWhiskey.com. And if you're going to drink, make sure that you drink responsibly. Yes. <laughs> responsibly. Hey, bro. So I'm here for it, bro. I love my fighting Illini. I told you last oh, week. Hey, I told you last week they were going to lose in what round? What round did I tell you? You told us. You told us what round. Second round. Told the second you. round, you told me. Already knew. And heck, they almost left in the first round. And they almost left in the first round. They almost left in the first round. So, Sweet 16 coming up. The Michigan Wolverine pro basketball program is taking a lot, man. We understand the fiasco that happened with Juwan Howard against Wisconsin. Yeah, he wasn't taking no stuff. The rest <laughs> of the season. But somehow, some way, the Michigan Wolverines are left with the Purdue Boilermakers to represent the Big Ten Conference, who has been, as a basketball conference, they've done horribly in the yeah, yeah, they have done pretty the bad twenty years. So, but, but you got Jaden Ivy, number twenty three in that thing. Yeah. So the Michigan guys who play tomorrow, Sweet Sixteen, they met with the media today, and yeah, they jumped on the petty train, and I'm here, <laughs> I'm here for all of it. I'm here for all of it. This season was definitely, you know, like not the best, not the way that we wanted it to. And, you know, other fans definitely let us know that, particularly Michigan State, Illinois, who else? Who else? Ohio State, who else? Oh, there's another team in there. There was another team. Who was it? Who, who's the other team? There's one more. Oh, oh, yeah, no, the team down in Madison, the red and white team. They definitely, they, 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 they definitely let us know how they felt about our season. You know, we heard those NIT chants. Uh, you know, they were hurtful. Um, you know, we, they definitely hurt. But, you know, it's funny how they'll be watching us on Thursday back at their cribs. Oh, here for it. I loved it. I love it. Oh, I'll take it. I'll take that dart. I'll, and he I'll, took, and he took the time to be like, who all was it? I want to get all the names. All, of <laughs> all five of the teams that were talking trash about us getting in, or the four teams that were talking trash, like, yo. He said, I'm now y'all watching us on, on the couch. I'm here for it. Put the Michigan squad on the petty train. They deserved it. I'm all for it. Have no problem. I'll take that. I'll cool. take that. I'll take it. I'm an Illinois fan. We deserved all of that. Give he told me we deserved all of that. The fan base deserves all of it because the fan base was chirping. They was chirping? They were chirping when they saw Michigan got in. They were chirping. We deserved it. They stole our championship last year. They didn't play us a second time. We smacked them up in Ann Arbor. They were too scared to play us. And then this year, we won the championship. They shouldn't get in. Jawan Howard's a terrible coach. But yet, oh, still, yeah, coach can't get out. Yet, still, Brad Underwood can't get past the first weekend as as championship conference winners. Tournament last year, regular season this year, he can't get past the first weekend. But you want to talk about a Michigan program that's been to the Sweet Sixteen, going on seven straight years? See, this is what I'm talking yeah. about. And I'm glad Michigan set everybody straight. They didn't even have enough respect to name Wisconsin. They said, yeah, yeah they the, said red the, and white dudes, the red and white dudes in Madison. <laughs> like, I'm here for the pettiness. I'm here for all of it, dude. Yeah, I'm here absolutely. for all of it. And last but not least, we as a Notre Dame fan base can't help but to pass up an opportunity to throw shade at the Sons of Troy out there at USC. First practice. Caleb you see what they said? You, they talk about Caleb Williams. Oh, dude. The best practice USC ever had. We talked about that yesterday. We we threw Colin Cowherd on the petty train. Yes. Don't worry about it. Today, we're throwing their, corner, their, their star quarterback who transferred in, Caleb Williams, on the petty train. This is Caleb Williams. Yeah. So I've been on that street. 
And tradition is that the players touch the sword before they go across the street to practice. This dude didn't know where the hell the entrance was. You know what I'm saying? Like, dude, you start quarterback, you don't know the entryway to the, to the practice field? Really? Hey, that's that's what that NIL and that transfer portal do. You don't know where you're going. You just showing up, playing football. Come on, man. I couldn't help but to throw daggers at USC for that. Come on, man. Let your quarterback they own, they own, they own pride and joy. They own pride Let and your joy quarterback know how to get on the field. You know what? You you wanted to put you wanted to put your boy on the on on the petty train, right? The Matrix. Yeah, I wanted to put yeah, the on. Sean Marion defended himself and what he did in the NF in the NBA. That was a I don't know why he was going. They talk about my motherfucking shot. Don't mind the fucking league shoot the same. Get the fuck out of here. I'm shooting 35, 40% from the fucking three-point line at one at one point in my career. And whatever. I was a I was a, a very consistent jump shooter. So you're gonna sit there and tell me you want to talk about my motherfucking shot, but don't want to talk about everything else I do on the fucking floor. You get the fuck out of here. Suck my dick. Like seriously. Like you really, and you want to talk about? I'm, I'm averaging, I'm averaging twenty and ten. I'm averaging Damn, twenty bro. plus. Why are you going points. off? No, no, man. listen, listen. No, don't. Even, I'm having twenty plus, twenty plus points and over ten rebounds a game at six seven in a league that's dominated by bigs at the time. Dominated power forward and centers, and then I'm getting two. I'm getting two blocks and I'm getting two plus steals a game. And you want to sit there and talk about my motherfucking shot? Don't nobody in the league shoot the fucking same. Really? You're better than Stoudemire. Like, so really, nigga, look, I'm top five. You go back. Who was who got the number one winning percentage in Phoenix Suns history? Nigga, me. Who got I'm top five in almost every category in Phoenix Suns history. Go back and look at it. Numbers don't lie. I'm not talking no bullshit. I'm talking straight facts. I don't play these games. So you want to be in the Hall of Fame? Oh, you want to sit there and tell me I wouldn't what get the fuck out of here? Nigga, Ooh. I adjusted my game to every team I went on because I wanted to win. I got one of the best winning percentages in NBA history, nigga. Believe that. And you want to sit there? I'm sitting there waiting on all this other bullshit. Like I'm, I'm like I'm, I'm some boss in. Like I didn't, like I didn't have an imprint on this game. I had a big, I had a tremendous imprint on this game. But guess what? Malik had the bounce on that. <laughs> Yo, Sean Marion, man, look, East Chicago's own Chicago area kid. Much love for you, dude. UNLV, Dallas, Phoenix. You're right. You're a really good player. Multi-All-Stars. Just a little bit short of a Hall of Famer, in my opinion. But you got to relax, dude. That dude has to relax. Who, Sean Marion? You got to relax, bro. He got to relax. Really good player. You know, he got that Scotty. He got that Scotty Pippen syndrome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chicago area kid. Much love to him. But man, you gotta relax, bro. Yeah, and put uh, and last but not least, put Mike Bray on the petty train. I saw one of the comments where he said somehow Ivy shouldn't be there or something because he should. Some crazy one. Talking about spreading his wings or something. Yeah, I'm like, be quiet. He already let his let his son spread his wings, and now he's taking the team all the way there. See, this is this is the crazy this is a crazy thing, right? I can't hear you, bro. Uh, it's a little slow right now. Yeah, like I boy I boy Donnie Cruz, man. He's funny because Donnie Cruz. We'll sit up and talk about how dope Tyler Buckner is, right? Like Tyler Buckner's dope. You'll see. And then yeah. he says, if Buckner, if 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 Buckner balls out, we win eleven to twelve games, a big bowl game. Does that signal teams to send the Brinks truck to Tommy Reed's front door? I mean, you would deserve it. You would deserve it if you can coach. Tyler Buckner to eleven game win season and deep in the playoffs, you deserve a you deserve a nice little bonus because I don't think many people think he can do it right now. That's funny. Yeah, 
<laughs> somebody said, do we have a section in the stadium where uh, LL Nation can sit and watch the game together? Blue oh my goodness, we need to we need to have something like that. Just a live uh play by play. Yo, can we can we go live during the game at the stadium? We should. I mean, you know, the sales service is crazy, but we should be able to. That would be dope. I think so. That would be dope. That would be dope. So everybody, once again, we were laughing and enjoying ourselves, throwing out dates. For the possible announcement and commitment for Dante Moore, please don't take us seriously. Please don't run the other podcast saying they said this. Relax. My date is April 23rd. Malik is jumping on board with me. I'm saying the announcement is going to be at the 50 yard line at Notre Dame Stadium. In front of the fans? In front of the fans. <laughs> way to do it at halftime. Has to be. Has, to, Has be. to be. Yes, there was a rumored visit on the 28th or the 29th that has not been confirmed right now. I don't know what's going on. I see Big Fish Small Pond says something about somebody used my expression. He heard it on the Blue and Gold podcast. So that's all right. Guess, you know, we, we really are the disruptors. That's a good thing. Yeah, we're the disruptors. Because we're getting the real info out there to the people that, that tune in. We are the disruptors, and we love it. We love every bit of it. And we thank you for, guys for getting us to 2K on the 3K. Let's go. On the 3K, baby. Yep. Coach Carl Reed will join us tomorrow from 247. We're going to chop it up, get to the bottom of the murky waters of the springtime. And why fan bases go so crazy right now. He'll give that to us tomorrow right here on the Lucky Lefty Podcast. As always, spend it different. Hit that like button for us. Smash it right now. It should be 100. Easy. Right easy, now. Smash that button. And let everybody know Apple Podcasts, A2S Network. We'll see you guys tomorrow.